The Colorado Inn and KFKA present Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson State Farm Insurance. Here's Brady Hull and Kevin Lido. Welcome into Rams Weekly. Ready to uh, get this discussion on uh, pretty much all things CSU men's basketball. As the Rams took down DU last night, Kevin Lytle. And it was closer than a lot of people anticipated. But also, it wasn't that big of a shock with the injuries and the game in between a big, you know, Washington game and a big run last week. And then, of course, St. Mary's coming up. Maybe it wasn't the biggest shock in the world that they had a close one against you. Yeah, this is a, an, an amazing, crazy gauntlet that CSU's on. And yeah, when you looked at the schedule, you knew it'd be, uh, you know, great Boston College, Creighton. Colorado, Washington, DU, and then St. Mary's. You knew those five were really big, and then DU right kind of in the middle. Uh, one of the coaches actually in the preseason kind of you know, quietly is like, ah, that DU game is scary. Like, I don't like that. that that's a scary time, and, and it proved true. And that's obviously you know preseason. You don't know how the injuries are going to shake out. CSU loses top two perimeter defenders. They were, you know, Nico Medved said after mentally, physically tired, you could, I think, see some of that. But they found a way to win. That really is all that matter. You know, there's some games that you really want to, you know, kind of take care of the metrics. Time and place matters. I don't think that's one that you really worry about the metrics. You just get the win, get out, move on. Just felt like it was going to be that kind of like, ah, this could be tougher than we thought. I think the spread was like Do 20 you, or 21. I think, I think I saw DU's picked last in the summit. That team is not finishing last in the summit. No. I mean, Tommy Bruner, a really good player. I mean, CSU... Uh, maybe helped get some of those three-point shooters going with some not great defense early on. But, man, Tommy Bruner is a good player, and they have some nice pieces. So, again, that's one you just kind of shake, done. You know, you won it, you did what you needed, move on. Yeah, time to move on, get ready for a big one against St. Mary's. Kevin, we have a good guest coming on the program, a guy that you you know very well. We go way back. Yeah, the man, the, do we say the man, the myth, the legend? Is he, has he earned that kind of title? I think you're right. Adam Nygon joining us. Uh, a former, of course, CSU Ram, now men's basketball color analyst on, on the radio side of things. Adam, thank you so much for jumping on with us, my friend. Yo, it's your boy. Yeah, your boy. there it is. There it is. <laughs> Let's go. How how are you, dude? We were just breaking into this game last night. Um, how maybe we shouldn't have been that shocked that it was kind of a gritty type of win. But uh, first off, how, how's the day treating you, my friend? Well, a lot better than it was last night, staring down a four or five point lead. You know, it was and, a little scary. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was something. You know, it was expected. I mean. What I see the line was 20-plus points. It just When I looked at DU, you didn't really know what you had. They hadn't played anybody, but they certainly had some dudes who could score, and we, we figured out quick that that Bruner kid uh, doesn't need a lot of space to let it fly. And, man, it was uh, – it's just you keep finding ways to make winning plays, and it just doesn't matter who's out there, what freshman guards who haven't played since forever, and – you know, good things are happening. So, man, I'm feeling great today walking around with my head high in here. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, Adam. I mean, Nico is telling us after, you know, that trio at one point they had basically all three point guards with Kyan, Tavian, and Isaiah out there. Obviously, they hadn't played together in a game. He said they hadn't even practiced it. How tricky is that for a team to just on the fly figure out lineups with all these injuries and players in and out and stuff? Yeah, I, I mean... I, yeah, those two freshman guards, Evans and, and Jackson, I mean, 
Jackson comes out of nowhere, played one minute the night before. He's not really sure what he has. You know, he goes up for that, that donkey in, in the fast break, and he tells me my legs just went out. I had no legs. I just had nothing left, and it was just – it was such a perfect moment for him coming back and just, you know, playing his butt off. And then Kai and Evans, man, they, they were they were trying to foul him early, you know, around that one-minute mark, trying to put him to the line, the young freshman, to make some free throws. And uh, he looked a little suspect going four of eight there down the stretch, but I – I'm sure they're going to work on that stuff the next few days. And, again, those guys have been beat up the last few days. So it's just been a fun ride, man. I'm enjoying it. Adam Nygon joining us, uh, CSU men's basketball color analyst. And, and Adam, tell us about it because you've obviously – we know your your career, your story. It's such an amazing CSU story. You've played in some big games. How much is a game like this we, – we as fans, we, we throw around the term trap game all the time like it's, standing, like it's going crazy. Um, but you look at it, they had a – CSU had a crazy – Crazy stretch last week, you know, with the Washington win, with the CU win, with the Creighton win, and then obviously we know we got St. Mary's coming up this weekend. That's a kind of game where it's yeah, you want to say you're focused on it, but how much of that perhaps overlooking an opponent does actually happen? I mean, it does, especially when you're staring down the the four or five game stretch that they had. You know, you were just trying to catch your breath with something, you know, coming up. I know I certainly was as an announcer and. <laughs> You know, dealing with the blows that they dealt with since, you know, technically losing, you know, Lake and after just a legendary game from Lake, he has to go right into surgery. And then, Mm. you know, that next game, you didn't, you couldn't even tell really Josiah broke his wrist on the stanchion. Sure, it was a, you know, tough play at the rim and, you know, bang, bang, but I didn't think he'd broken anything. My God, he finished out the game. So it's just, I mean, these guys are just continuing to, to, to believe in themselves one through 12. I mean, you know, you don't care who's out there and it's that offense, man. It's Nico tried to get our team my senior year to run the spread offense. We just didn't have the pieces. It wasn't the, his kind of guys to run it. You know, we, we needed to run a little more three round two and focus on the post where, man, if you can recruit your type of people for your system, you know, who, no matter freshmen, grad transfers, whatever, D3s, you know, this system works, and, and you're seeing why we're flourishing so much is because we're averaging 20 assists a game. I mean, it's ridiculous. It helps when you have a, a wizard at point guard, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. How, how fun <laughs> is it for you, like, Again, you've been around a lot of players, but to have watched Isaiah, you know, from day one come in as a freshman, then to see what he's done now for five years, just like as a a basketball junkie, like what's it like for you watching Zay do his thing? Well, I knew right away. I mean, three games into his freshman year, he was fifty percent from three, fifty percent <laughs> from the field, and ninety percent from the free throw line, and we had like ran into Duke and played a couple of tough games. And it's just like, I saw it right away with him and Roddy. And, you know, I, it's so funny. I, I, I had a, I was looking back on tweets. I was begging people to come up his freshman year just to even come see those guys play. Cause they were doing media saying, come watch us, come please play. You know, we're good. And it's just like, man, what, what a fun, you know, I guess five years later now we're staring at and, you know, it's just, again, the, if you recruit your guys and people for your system and, and high-character people, I mean, good things will happen no matter who you throw out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by that, too, because, you know, you can talk about the skill on the floor. So many talented players that Nico Medved has, has had over the years. 
Uh, but every single one of his guys is like easy to talk to, approachable. They're all really well-rounded individuals, and uh, as you said, that just goes that speaks so loudly, speaks volumes uh, about this coaching staff and the type of players that they're looking for for their program. So that's a fine line too, right? You know that you don't want too many nice guys on your team, mm-hmm. and so we 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 kind of had that problem two years before that. Last year, more specifically, we didn't have a defensive kind of pit bull or bulldog or junkyard dog, and now we got three of them in Bemba throwing his body around, Neek Clifford and and Jalen Lake and and Joel Scott down there just banging. Like we are different team defensively and and it's just the aggressiveness and the deflection those little types of plays we just didn't have that the last couple of years so that's the main difference to me is yeah they're great character guys but when the lights come on and that that whistle jumps you know we're we're out there and we we mean business so that's what i like that's the switch we can turn well i think kevin even talked about this with joel scott last week like he's one of those guys that once the game is over nicest guy you're going to meet but when that when we get to that opening tip like something changes in that dude a lot like uh David Roddy would kind of turn and flip that switch too so that's right you, when you say there's a fine line you kind of have to have both you know if you you want to be a high character guy but sometimes some of those guys have to be able to turn on that nasty once the game starts yeah or or that nasty second half switch that Isaiah Stevens <laughs> got yep. right now i mean I think he had 15 points in the second half last night. I know he was averaging 12 of his 18 in the second half on like 60% from the field. So, you know, that those types of switches are, are hard to do, and, and that guy makes them look easier than anybody. Adam, obviously a year ago a lot went wrong. You know, injuries, illness, you know, roster probably wasn't the perfect construction with the late Roddy uh, decision. What's impressed you most of the quick turn, they've gone from you know basically just under 500 team to you know right now top 15 in the country, like in you know a matter of months. What's impressed you most about the real quick kind of just change in, in how this thing is going? Just how the young guys probably have come in. You know, in, in particular, Bemba and, and Evans have just kind of given us a different you know mentality when things go wrong. <laughs> you know, that's that. I guess that's what I could say is. We've got the depth that we probably didn't have one through ten. We probably had, you know, one through seven was really good. But once you get to the eight, nine, ten, it just, you know, obviously wasn't enough. And, you know, credit to some of those guys who did come back from last year. And particularly, you know, we can't not mention Joe Palmer's name out there. And, you know, the things that he's done this summer that, that people don't really realize is he, he was working his tail off and getting some shots. And now you're starting to see it as he's shooting, I think, still 42% from deep. And you're such that energy guy. And uh, one of the most efficient backcourts with him and Isaiah, I see all these crazy numbers that are getting thrown out. And it's, man, it's, it's just all these kind of little things coming together and this team kind of building in itself. And not to mention, I know I'm talking a lot here on you guys, but you know, Clifford, Scott, and, and Bemba and those guys, they've only been on campus six, seven months, but they look like they've been running Nico's stuff with Isaiah his whole entire career. So it's just the way these guys have stepped in and just ran this system is, is just so impressive. Adam, never apologize for talking a lot on this show. man. We love <laughs> to hear it, dude. I know it's been a long time coming. We've been wanting to get you involved here with us more and more, but uh, appreciate you doing this. Let me, one more question, a serious one. Can you guys even hear yourselves talk anymore at Moby Madness? Because it's so freaking loud. Those headsets got to be super duper, man. Oh, my gosh. So that is so funny. Last night I literally got two different texts that were like, 
it's as loud as like I've ever heard in there. I can't even hear you guys on the radio. It's just that is the type of sound that I love to see and hear and not hear. And who wants to hear my voice anyways when they're screaming fans in the background? It like, takes the shut up. Takes the pressure off of you, man. You can say whatever you want <laughs> right, if yeah, it's so loud, it's drowning you out. Adam, I love listening to you, man. You do a great job. I always catch, especially that post game, just kind of hearing your thoughts, what you guys are both saying at the end of the game. So we just appreciate. All your work. You continue to be a wonderful Ram. Uh, and, and and now, the last couple of years, it's great to hear you on the air, my friend. Oh, likewise, guys. I, I don't know if, if anybody saw on Twitter. I mean, CSU Media, Sports Media, I, you guys are a tight spot in my heart. All right, guys? I love you guys. We got to so. stick together, man. That's what we, we do. Yes, it is. Yeah, we got to do. All right, Adam, appreciate you, man. Hey, good talking yeah. to you, Adam. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Brady. Adam Nygon, the uh, the men's basketball color analyst, uh, of course, for Colorado State. Great dude, man. Great guy. Me and Adam were in school at the same time, so I was a, a student media journalist asking him stupid questions while he was a, a player, you know, walk-on turn well, scholarship. On. That's cool. Um, so now, you know, we're both pros, and I'm still asking him stupid questions. I mean, the way life life rolls on like that. So, yeah, it's been fun watching Adam. I got to do a feature on him last year in his yeah, journey from remember that. You know, walk-on to key player to now longtime radio guy. It's a lot of crazy you know circumstances and and you know things he's taking advantage of his opportunities. A really cool guy. Always and always good to talk to Adam. Man, he knows his hoops. He if you want to learn ball, talk to Adam. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Rams Weekly continues here. We'll talk more Colorado State Rams hoops. They just continue to roll undefeated. That's really all that matters. Sitting at nine and zero. And a big contest coming up against St. Mary's. We'll look at that matchup coming up in a moment as well. It's Rams Weekly, presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into Rams Weekly, presented by Miranda Simpson at uh, State Farm Insurance. Kevin Lytle, Brady Hull here for uh, our chat every single week. We break into uh, this time of year, calls for a lot of Colorado State basketball talk. If you missed our chat with uh, with Adam Nygon moments ago, it, we, you can get that at 1310kfk.com. Our podcast will be available there. But uh, it was a big win in, in many sense, in, in many ways, because again, coming off the high of Creighton, Colorado, Washington, and you know, me, Kevin, as fans, we look at that and go, oh, DU's coming up next. You should easily win that game. Well, DU wants, views that as a, a monster game. If they can go win that game, it's like their Super Bowl with the way CSU's playing. Yeah, absolutely. The, the wins when you're at the level CSU is right now are all big in different ways. So uh, as success goes up, the bar for success goes up, and the importance of everything goes up. So you know, right now CSU's resume is like a two or three seed type resume. You know, a lot of season to go. That's not not saying that's where it'll end, but right now that's what it is. But that means that each game is that much more important. And DU, you know, losing to a DU would be a huge tank on the resume. Yeah. So it makes a you know a supremely important game to find a way to win. And like we talked about in the whole show this afternoon, 
for DU, that's yeah, it's kind of a Super Bowl. Of they know, I mean, they would get so much national attention if they had won that game. I mean, even just you know, I can track my metrics of stuff, and people were searching for how to watch that game late on because you know people, whether it's betters or just college basketball junkies, are kind of scrolling, looking at scores, and go, oh, you know, number twelve team, you know, is in a tight one. You know, let's see how I can watch that. Yeah. So yeah, it's just so many more eyeballs, and, and again, it just makes it so much more important. So. This is a game that for CSU's resume you know, at the end of the season, the committee's not going to be there like, wow, that Denver game, like, let's move them up a line. But it's one you couldn't afford to lose. Now you just discard it, move on. Now, when you look at the injuries on this team, is there any recent updates? Obviously, the first reports yeah. came out. Jalen Lake was going to be out for, what, six weeks? Josiah Strong, four or five weeks. Have you heard anything new? Any updates? Any yes, good news? yes, there's good and bad news. Uh, starting with the, the best news, Pat Cartier obviously missed almost two full games with the back injury. He seems good to go. He was able to start last night, played his normal minutes. Super efficient. He has eight of ten. Yeah, he so he good. looks good. Uh, so that's good news. Tavy Jackson, obviously, kind of made – he briefly played against Washington, but really played last night against Denver. He seems good to go now. Uh, Jalen Lake, some good news. He had surgery on the finger, and it sounds like it was – I'm not a doctor. Again, I have to keep making sure that's yeah. clear. Yeah, you got to make that um, clear. But it sounds like the surgery was kind of cleaner, easier, whatever you want to call it, than expected. So he his timeline has maybe shrunk a little bit. Oh, so good. maybe even later December, hopefully at least by Mountain West play in the start of January. So that's good news on Jalen Lake. And yeah, Josiah Strong is the bad news. Uh, kind of like you know, Adam Nygon was saying, they didn't think it was broken right away. Like thought it was you know, kind of a sprain and basically did the, you know, we have to do a you know, x-ray just to make sure, and that pulled out, or it found a broken bone. Mm. So the early word is six weeks, you know, about four weeks. I think they kind of reevaluate, you know, check it again, see how it's doing. That would put him in about mid-January. But the good news is CSU's schedule slows down after Saturday. So those guys will miss fewer games because for a little bit here, CSU's playing kind of once a week as we go through, like, finals and holidays and whatnot. Yeah, so that will make a big impact too. Um, you know, obviously St. Mary's on on Saturday, and then uh, Colorado State Pueblo. What eight days after that or something? Yeah. So that gives you some time. And then you know you you're going to be pretty soon. We'll be talking about conference play as well, which probably more spread out than what this schedule has been. Yeah. So so yeah. Once once you get into January, all conference play, but there is things do slow down between now and January, so that helps those injuries that they'll just miss fewer games than you know if it happened weeks ago. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, well, St. Mary's, Kevin, um, yeah. I think you and I we were talking about it today. Like, ignore the record. This is a great basketball team, and they're always a good basketball team. Colorado State has played pretty well against St. Mary's over the years, but this is going to be a very tall task this Saturday uh, for Colorado State. Yeah, I mean, I think St. Mary's, I don't have the bracket, but I think there were a five seed last season or something like that. CSU <laughs> CSU was the loss, the bad loss on their resume, actually, last year, because CSU went to Moraga and won, which was a, a really great win, especially given that roster. Uh, St. Mary's, yeah. Four and five. They've actually played a bunch of the Mountain West, but 
I mean, if you're wondering how dangerous they can be, they beat New Mexico. I know New Mexico had some injury limitations in that game, but we know New Mexico is quite good. Uh, they've played Boise State, lost to them. I think they played Nevada. Uh, they kind of are going through the whole Mountain West. But this is a team always really sound defensively. Uh, they were picked to win the West Coast Conference, which has Gonzaga in it, mm. which is uh, was kind of eye-opening you know, in preseason. So this is a dangerous team. They've played in a lot of big games. There, yeah, I think Mobile will probably be full, and that certainly helps CSU. But that's a team that's been in those type of games too, so they're going to know how to deal with that. I, I think a lot will come down to St. Mary's shot making. That's been kind of their struggle uh, this season, but they're always going to be good defensively. So it's sort of good on good, if you will. Yeah, it's, we talk about that a little bit more in football terms, but kind of applies here. A really sound defensive systems against an offense that just absolutely hums so what do you when you look at this game um how, how confident do you feel that we could be looking at 10 and 0 it was kind of interesting so nico medved after the denver game in the press conference saying you know we we were tired mentally physically talked a lot about it. you know it all made sense and kind of you know what we've talked about sometimes you just have to grind out and he kind of gave toward the end he gave just a little smile and said we'll be right saturday it I don't know. It's interesting. I think it just felt like, hey, one, I'm guessing they're going to give guys time to get their legs back. Practices probably won't be crazy hard. They'll be detailed, but not like you're running wind sprints or anything right now. But I think it was more just like my team is really mature. They know how important this game is. They will be locked in and ready for that game. It's just the vibe. You know, it's nothing like crazy or, you know, arrogant or anything. It was just kind of, I trust, like the vibe I got was, I trust my team. They will be ready. Isn't it such a, it's got to be such a fine line to walk too when you're coaching your team because you want to keep practicing, you want to keep momentum, you don't want to let up, but at the same time, you got to gauge that. When do I pull yeah. back a bit and, and give these guys a little bit of a break? Yeah, absolutely. This is where a veteran team helps. Those guys know what they need to do to prepare mentally and physically to be ready. All right, we'll talk a little more Colorado State basketball, maybe touch on some football on, the, on that side of things too, as it's a very important offseason for the CSU Rams. We'll take a quick break. It's Rams Weekly presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. We'll be right back. Rams Weekly rolling on here. Glad to have you guys with us here. Uh, Kevin Lytle joins me every single Thursday for my on my on the whole show, and then we team up here on Rams Weekly every Thursday. It's a, it's a lot of Lytle and, and Brady time. It's, it's, our, it's our Thursday hangout day. It, it's Thursday hang. We usually hang out after the show a little bit, a little download. It's uh, yeah, we we assess. We do. We assess, reevaluate how we did, look at the film, look at the. Gotta go back. Gotta get better every day. Every single gotta day. Gotta get try better to get every better. day. Well, Rams fans would not agree that I got better today, Kevin. Yeah, I you might have to look at that film. So I want to. I want to get your thoughts on this question. I, listen, it's an interesting question. I've asked you forty times already before we did yeah. it, but the poll question we asked on the whole show. Uh, today was, is Jay Norvell on the hot seat? And that does not mean I want him or I'm asking if he should be fired. I'm asking if you're on the hot seat, that means your very next season, your very next situation better be pretty positive. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. So some people didn't like the fact that it was the question. I think it's a good question. I think it's an interesting question to, to talk about. 
it's an important season he's going into. I'd say, no, he's not in the hot seat. I'd say, especially as long as Joe Parker is AD. Because, and your reasoning is what I brought up to Yeah, because, you know, he's fired two coaches. You can't fire a third. You know, it's it's hard to you know justify the decision-making if you fire a third football coach. So he will be patient. So as long as he's in that job, I think there's a lot of patience that he would sort of have to have uh but it is certainly year three is very important that tends to be sort of contract extension year some of that has changed now with uh just the speed of everything in the portal era but i think for where this program is it still makes sense of you know year three has to be you know signs of the up or if it's not you, you do start asking questions so no not in the hot seat but incredibly important season upcoming absolutely yeah and it's it again it's if the Joe Parker dynamic wasn't there, you know, if he wasn't kind of under some pressure too, how how important would then next season be for Jay Norvell? If let's say Jay, Joe Parker, this was his first hire, or maybe the the Bobo thing was a little bit more successful, he just moved on or whatever, would it be a little bit hotter for Jay Norvell if Joe Parker wasn't so 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 much tied to the future of Jay Norvell? Yeah, it's hard to say and not, not trying to hedge, but almost impossible to answer because the prior history has so much impact, yo. Jay Norvell's year one was great on a scale because of what he inherited. Uh, you know, so it's it's hard to discount that and say, well, if that hadn't happened, because year one maybe will look different in a different situation, that type of thing. So it's really hard to to break those things away. But yeah, I think across college football, year three is really important. I mean, you see plenty of coaches not even gained a year three, so it tells you that. Yeah, it's an important season. Obviously, to have success next year, you're hoping you get some of your studs back. Uh, What are you hearing about guys like Torrey Horton and Dallin Holker? Yeah, it sounds like it's um, the the process to make the decision is underway. I believe Norvell, or I'm sure Norvell is visiting with uh, Torrey Horton, Dallin Holker are the main two. Though them as players specifically in their families because it's you know it's obviously a big decision that impacts a lot of them. Mean with them getting as much information as they can both ways about you know the NFL, what their potential stock would be, what they're hearing, what they're not hearing, the good, the bad, all that, and then also the CSU side of okay, you know here are the options here and everything going on here, you know how we can help you if you do return, all these type of things. So a lot of conversations I. From what I'm hearing, a decision is maybe a little sooner rather than later, like hopefully by signing day, which is in a couple weeks, you know, there might be answers. But it's not guaranteed. That's not a lock or a a hard deadline or anything. Um, So we'll find out soon-ish. But I think both are kind of toss-ups. I mean, Dallin Holker uh, has plenty of good working for him, some not good working against him, as is the case in every NFL evaluation. Tory Horton, likewise. I mean, he's probably a mid-rounds guy right now. What helps, you know, he's he's a young player. He just mm-hmm. turned 21, even though he's a senior. So he could come back and not be, you know, old for his draft class or anything like that. But if, you know, the NFL evaluation is sounding like it's high enough, obviously he would go. So they both seem like kind of toss-ups i could see i wouldn't i'm certainly at this point i wouldn't be shocked for either of them either decision it's interesting because i think at the beginning of the season we kind of thought okay we knew tory was coming back for this year but that's got to be it you know he's yeah. gonna but 
You know, if if you do if you have a winning se- a season along with that individual success, that's only going to help his draft stock. Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt, and even um, you know they have some big games next year. You have Texas, you have Colorado. Uh, probably, well, not probably. You're definitely going to play Oregon State or Washington State now with the new agreement. Uh, so you have some high profile games that, again. If you perform well in those against top tier competition, that that helps your stock as well. So, uh, all the there are so many factors: nil factors, uh, draft position factors, family you know family factors that you know we probably couldn't know about about those conversations. So, just so many different things going to. I know people love to just be like, "Well, they're X on the big board on Mel Kuyper's big board," so that's the decision. It's like, well. No, uh, like you mentioned with Dallin and his wife being a yep. CSU athlete, she's got another year, I, I believe, believe. Right, yeah. so if that's the who case, know, who knows years of eligibility? Left I don't. Anymore. That's where I I don't know anymore, yeah. Kevin. I don't know. These guys could be forty two yeah. playing, but now. but yeah, that's what I mean. Like a lot of factors, you know. Dall- Dallin's slightly older, and yeah, you know, he's a guy that's married. It just all these things factor in. You know, not good, bad, indifferent. Just it's all part of it that only they can really know exactly where that's moving things yeah yeah uh rams weekly continues here and yes it's a Rams show but we do pay attention to a lot of the the rest of the mountain west uh big news on wednesday out of wyoming kevin Ooh. craig bull kind of quietly just announces his it's retirement. most casual graphic ever is i read it i was like wait did Wyoming just announced that Craig Bull is leaving, yeah, just, and they did. And not only that, they named their new coach too. Basically, promote the defense coordinator. So within, yeah, you go from like do to do normal Wednesday to oh my gosh, huge change. So yeah, I think that's massive Mountain West news. Craig Bull, I would say, has punched above his his weight for you know Wyoming, and uh, that's a tough job, especially in the given era or the current era. So. Keep an eye on that one. It's going to be fascinating. I think if you're a CSU fan, you've got to be happy because yeah. Greg Bull has been really good and kind of owned CSU. Maybe not even kind of. Yeah. No, I think that that's – and that's you know one of the conversations we've been having a lot too about Craig Bull with Wyoming. It's like some Cowboys fans were ready for him to be gone. We're kind of wanting him to – Retire or or Wyoming, just move on. And CSU fans were cheering that, saying, "Yeah, Wyoming fans run them out of well, town." CSU would love <laughs> to be a nine, an eight nine win team yeah. every single year, and you know, in mid November, they're talking about a Mountain West championship at least. Yeah, so. So, yeah. So who you know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, you know, internal hire, defense corner. Obviously, you keep some cohesion. And this isn't say he won't be successful and carry on what Craig Bull's done, but that's a high bar to hit. It, it, there's so much change in the Mount West Conference. What do you think about like so San Diego Jay, State? Jay Norvell and Timmy Chang, who were hired, you know, Timmy briefly came with Jay Norvell, so they're hired the same year at CSU and Nevada, are now the fourth longest tenured coaches in the Mountain West. Isn't that insane? They've coached two seasons. It's, 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 just, it's big programs. Boise, new coach. Wyoming, big coach. San Diego State, new coach. Nevada now. Yep. I mean, and it, what's even weirder was like all the teams Jay Norvell beat this year. All moved on. Every from, single one. Which, I guess you could look at it a couple of different ways. Maybe those programs were on a the few cusp people looking at different. Yeah. yeah and it was, I think it's mostly just funny. It was. Not, well, not funny if people lose it. No. Ironic. Just, uh, yeah. yeah just a funny coincidence, I'll say. No question. What do you think about like San Diego State with Sean Lewis? I like the hire. So that's a program that can be very good. You know, they have a new stadium. Obviously, San Diego's not the worst place to recruit to. They have, they have pretty good investment. Obviously, we've seen their basketball side the sport they can have but they've they were successful but it was a drag 
Like, it was a tough program to watch. Like, you respected what they did, but you didn't enjoy watching what they did. I think that has hurt them. You know, their attendance at their new stadium has been bad. Sean Lewis, he won some at Kent State, which is a really hard job. The whole thing at Colorado was odd. We'll just put it there. But I think he's an exciting hire. Um, I think he has a chance to be pretty good there, and it's certainly going to bring them a new brand of football. That being said, I know Transporter will help. We know how tough a transition can be, especially they're going to totally change styles. So it might be a tough year one just because it's hard. Look at the teams locally we've seen do a year one overhaul. It's not smooth. But overall, I like that hire for them. The Mountain West is certainly a lot of changes, a lot of players entering the transfer portal. Some saying they may still come back to... Taylor Green. Taylor Green, that's a weird one. Keep an eye on that. But they did keep Genty, which was surprising. He got an NIL bag, it looks like. Yeah, he got something. All right, Rams Weekly continues. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFK. Wrapping up another edition of Rams Weekly on the basketball side of things. Hey, Kevin, are both, like, both women's and men's team, they're both undefeated. Are they the only school with both? Three. There's three left in the country, which is incredible. Uh, I think it's down to 13 men's basketball teams are undefeated. I'm not sure how many women's, but yeah, it's it's three. I'm trying, I'm seeing if I can, I know South Carolina was one. I'm not sure if they still are. Either way, it's three. I know it's three. Uh, which is really cool. I mean, both are off to a great start. The the women, uh, McKenna Hoshield, obviously we talk a lot about Zay. These two, I know I've talked about the number fours together. My gosh, these two are incredible. Two of the like, greatest what a, ever. What a, what a year, you know, what an era to have these two players at the same time. Just wild. Yeah, this is just it's so great because, you know, when we talk about basketball being big time in the state, well, it, it starts with, Great coaches and great players, and with CSU on both the men's and women's side, you've got two of your best players ever, perhaps right now. Yeah, and going at the same time, back to back. Yeah, crazy. I mean, both are top three in program history for you know their respective you know side. I think you know McKenna probably isn't at the Becky level because that's sort of a different stratosphere, but she's right in there in that top group. You know, like an Ellen Nystrom and some others, uh, Kate Cronin, uh, Zay. Their arguments for multiple players, it's going to be hard, especially let's say CSU keeps this season up, makes the NCAA tournament, wins a little bit there. It would be hard for, you know, to argue Isaiah isn't the most impactful men's basketball player ever. It's crazy. Conversations right? for a different yeah. day in a way. That's or a good poll question down the road there. Oh, no, you, you're good at those. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. But yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, it's weird too because, like, Two years ago, David Roddy, he was just, we knew Isaiah was good, but didn't it kind of feel like Isaiah was Robin and David Roddy was Batman? In some way, I don't think the team ever viewed it that way because I think Isaiah, David did too. They were kind of like co Batman. They were, they were, but yeah, they were Isaiah, Batman. basically, since he walked in that gym, like Adam was saying, like you knew right away. Everyone knew right so did away. You, did you always think it was Isaiah was so maybe the, the guy? The thing that always sticks in my mind 
during their recruitment, obviously David, you know, he is high profile, picked CSU over Big Ten, Minnesota, and Northwestern, I think it was. is like, wow. And obviously that would prove justified. But I remember, I think it was Dave Thorson at the time, one of the assistant coaches, sort of at practice, not even pulled me aside, but he goes, this point guard in Texas that we got, you go, people, people are going to want to talk about him. He goes, everyone missed on him. He goes, we, we absolutely stole this guy. And he proved true. So, like, and when a coach, and it's private, you know, it's not like yeah. he was pumping up a guy, you know, publicly. So when a coach does that, you, you know, it catches your attention. And so I remember from then on being like, okay, I need to watch this, this point guard. And then, yeah, sure enough, early on, you saw it's like, okay, like this guy is different. You know, did I think he was going to own every record at CSU? You can't project that, but definitely knew he was special. And it's, it's turned out, um, like I say, even better than probably anyone could have imagined. How does a guy like that go under the From radar? Dallas. It's not like he was playing in, you know, nowhere land Iowa. Yeah. So how does he go under the radar, and and how does how how does how, do, how does Colorado State find him? It's, I'm always curious his, about those pipes. His recruitment is fascinating because you look at his offer list. I don't have him from me, but no disrespect to him, but it wasn't huge. But he's playing in Dallas, won a state title at the highest classification. Again, it's not like he's hidden on a terrible team, anything like that. He played AU ball, all these things, and. Everyone just missed body size and type, you know, kind of the same conversation we're now having with the NBA, but happened again in college. But, man, those schools missed. If you're Texas Tech, A&M, Texas, all those big, big tech schools have to be sitting there. I I believe they've maybe tried to rectify that but failed because Isaiah stayed loyal to CSU um, and say, man, oops. Yeah. Maybe shouldn't let that kid go. And you look at some of the players in his class, and again, no disrespect to them, there aren't many players you would have wanted to sign over Isaiah Stevens. No. So it sounds like you're kind of leaning in on that. Maybe Isaiah, when it's all said and done, he's the. Yeah, I mean, try and not get you know victim of recency bias. Yeah. And bas- all sports are different across eras, um, but bas- you know, basketball is one of those. It's hard to cross compare. But man, the impact he's had on this program again, because when he came in. They were just starting to rebuild from Larry Eustachie's mess. So if you just look holistically at that thing, you go from that to there were 3,000-some students for a Wednesday night in December against Denver yesterday. Mm. Um, all those things. Again, it's not just Isaiah, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, just the overall impact on the program has been just massive. Yeah, when when you when again, you, let's see where the season goes. Right when you, when his name is announced, uh, you know, during the starting lineup of announcements, you know, the crowd. Well, it's goes not nuts. As, it's not as loud as Joe Palmer, but yeah, Joe, that's crazy, dude. Joe Palmer feature coming to the Colorado, and I saw the headband tease there yeah. on social media. Great story. Um, really excited to share that one. Really cool kid and. Uh, I called it, I think I, I said it's a, a magical college basketball story. I really, you know, not my story, just Joe's. Just like how about he got his background here. and stuff. It's wild. And yeah, into it. So really cool. And a guy that he hears you fans and uh, he's in awe of how he's being treated. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that'll be a fascinating read. When does that come out, Kevin? Uh, that'll be out uh, first thing Friday morning on the internet, coloradoan.com. Did you wear a headband oh while you were God, writing Oh, my God, I could it? not pull off a headband. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think <laughs> no. I think you got to give it a shot, man. Maybe I will. Maybe sh- I will did. share that little tidbit. So part of the reason he started wearing a headband back at his previous school was so grandma could pick him out on TV. That which is, is a, very sweet. I, I love that kind of stuff, yeah. man. That is a cool thing. And so he just kind of kept stuck, yep. stuck with it. Huh? Yeah, and it's funny he didn't even wear it the whole time last year. He kind of did later in the season, but man, it it stuck. Yeah, no. He, he knows he he can't shed the headband now. Like it's well, just now the, you can't they're gonna do a headband do giveaway. I mean, it's. It's it's a thing. Is he going to get some like NIL dollars for this kind question. of deal? Is he that going to be part of a deal? He should see if he can get a headband deal. Yeah, I, I would be all over that side of things, man. Uh, it's it's great. It's exciting talking about this team. There's so many unique players, but as it goes, you know, we we touched on this a bit last week. You know, you're going to look at Nico Medved and is he in, in it for the long haul? All of that stuff. It, 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 there's one there's one group that says just enjoy the ride, stop worrying about it, and then there's the other group that's probably more like me that's like this is something I'm going to stay and worry about all the time. But I guess the one thing that should make Rams fans feel okay with is if it if that does happen, it's got to be Ali for openish, right? He's got to be the next guy. I mean, he's got to be at the top of the list if if that were to happen. Uh, obviously, you you do a process and everything, but with what how this team has been built, and you talk to any player. Pretty much, and it's like, you know, who was big in recruiting? Who'd you connect Ali. with? Ali, 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 Ali. What's your sense about Nico Medved being here long term? I, I think he is not opposed to it if, you know, if they are able to continue to build it. What kind of money are we talking to get? So I don't happy? think it's just him. Um, I really don't think he just needs the highest dollar amount. I think it's a lot of other things, too. Like, yeah, of course, you would need to keep increasing the salary, but it would be assistant pay salary. It would be continuing to upgrade Moby, you know, to make it one of the premier stadiums in the West. It would be uh, recruiting resources, all these type of things. So I uh, obviously salary is always part of it, but I really don't think, uh, and maybe this is naive of me, but from everything I've heard Nico say and talked to, um, I don't think he, he. I think he could have a higher dollar amount right now if he really, really wanted it. Um, it's all the other things. It's can you win at the highest level where you're at, and that is what you know would need to be part of the conversation and will need to be part of the conversation. Of you can't just say this season is great. Like let's just keep it the same. Run, you know, keep running it back. You have to always build. That's how Gonzaga, Gonzaga didn't just. Go from zero to a, a consistent number one seed. It was it's a slow progression of all those things, resources and and everything. So I think it's a lot of that, not just you know Nico getting a payday. Maybe another conversation on a Rams Weekly show coming up, but maybe we can look at some of those things. Like what would upgrades to Moby look like? What would some of those extra things outside of money look like to make to entice an Nico Medved yeah. to stick around? Kevin, great job as always. I'm looking forward to that uh, exciting basketball up, season. Yeah. All right. It's been Rams Weekly presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. We'll be back at it next Thursday. Let's go, Rams.